0: Hello, and welcome to The Green Team, the weird little spinoff of The Legendarium, where patrons discuss the books and topics our favorite podcast hasn't gotten around to yet. I'm Little Red Book, and today I have with me, Miria. Hi. (laughs) And the ultimate bingo troll, The Solution. Hey, everybody. We are going to talk about the ways we interact with books. There's the traditional physical books that we, or at least I grew up with. That's the thing we normally call books. Then we have eBooks, you can get them on your phone, tablet, or dedicated e-reader, and audiobooks. They've been around for a very long while, but the advent of smartphones and apps like Audible and Libby, they are more accessible than ever. So what are the pros and cons of each medium? Merrile?
1: Well, uh, we could probably talk about this for a while. Um, So I'll start with the pros of physical books. I really like the fact that they're tactile. So they, we, you know, we all talk about the the smell of physical books, um, but, you know, you can touch them and sometimes they've got um, embossed covers and sometimes they've just, you know, got a lovely hard cover. Um, And then the sight of them, obviously this is an audio podcast, so we can't show you some examples of beautiful covers of books, but they're just pretty to look at most of the time. But physical books are, I guess, what we would consider to be the most familiar book type for most people. But they also allow us to have a, if you have, say, a giant bookshelf in your house, it's a talking point for visitors uh, when they come to your house. So you can look at your bookshelf and you can display all of the books and, you know, that's to start a conversation about the sorts of books that you read. Um, but people can also look at your bookshelf and go, oh, you've got these books. And you haven't got this one. Maybe I should gift that one to you um, as a present in the future.
0: Bookshelves as a conversation piece, but also a way to elicit presence. I like yeah. it. <laughs> I
1: don't
0: think I have
2: enough friends like that.
0: <laughs> is that why you're on the discord?
2: <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that is a hundred percent why I'm on the discord. Cause my friends are like, wait, you read books? Like not <laughs> video games? You can't, you can't read, you can read books. That's what they would say.
0: <laughs> so what do you like about physical books?
2: Uh, Pretty much the same. I definitely the first thing I do when I get a physical book is I open it up and I stick my gigantic nose in it and I smell it because it smells good. I like the the different fonts, different textures. It's just something that feels weighty. I feel like when I'm reading an epic fantasy, I do prefer a hardcover book. And it's nice because it just feels like I'm reading like a tome or something. I don't know. Something like that.
0: One of my favorite things in the whole wide world is Powell's Bookstore. It is the largest uh, used bookstore in the world, which I am very likely to live in the town where that is a thing. Just I, I sometimes go just to smell it because <laughs> it just smells so great.
2: <laughs> You're the weird book lady that goes around sniffing in stores.
0: I don't <laughs> sniff at the. I just walk in and I go, take a deep breath. Oh, okay. And smelling all. You do the, the yoga pose. Books. I don't do the yoga books. Oh, okay. I only, I'm only doing it for you guys. <laughs> okay. But yeah, there's something, like you said, it's tactile and they're, they're beautiful and you have some beautiful fonts, but there are some major drawbacks to physical books. So since none of you guys said any of the drawbacks, they're, they're heavy. heavy. Yeah, they, they are de- heavy.
1: I did have one other pro that I really like about physical books and that's the ability, the ability to flick through to find a passage that you liked or a quote will just remind yourself of your favorite scene. It's a lot harder to do that with other media.
2: Yes. Also, my, maps, uh, <laughs> notes. Oh, look at that,
1: <laughs> listeners!
2: She has a book that looks like Panda went through and flagged every single page. <laughs> That's
0: what it looks like. <laughs> um, page yeah, has a maps sticky are great. Although yeah, audiobooks, yeah. at least all of uh, or many audiobooks now have PDFs attached to them. Yeah, they have
2: assets now, which is good because a lot of people. I think a lot of people like maps. A lot of people say they don't care about maps because it shouldn't be relevant to the story. It should be described in the words, which I think is a fair point. But uh, maps are still cool. It's still artwork that comes with a book, and I I really enjoy that. that's something that in a physical book is really nice to see.
0: I don't like maps because I have a terrible sense of direction, and I... Get lost on the map anyway, just like I did in life. <laughs> it helps you with that, though, it, or it should. <laughs> no, it really anyways. doesn't. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it well. really doesn't. So, like I was saying, since nobody else said anything bad about physical books, they're heavy, they take up a lot of space, and
1: they make moving house fun.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: They make mm. moving house fun.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, fun.
2: fun. <laughs> Exercise.
1: Yeah. Your weightlifting. Fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Very fun. <laughs>
2: yeah, they're heavy. Um,
0: I got my first e-reader for my ex-husband for my birthday because every time we went to go visit his family, I would pack like 15 pounds of books. <laughs> and so he was like, here, they only cost $10 a book. You don't need to be packing the books anymore. Yeah. So what about e-books? What are some good and bad things about
2: e-books? are my primary form of uh, reading. That's That's the main medium I use. I like them because... Contrary to physical books, they are almost always cheaper. There's a lot of indie support and um, self published authors that are on ebooks only. So you get a lot more access. And a lot of them do a lot of giveaways and cheap discount books where you can get a book for a dollar or 99 cents, wherever your location is. And it's one of those things that is just so convenient. That's what I really like. Really?
1: Yeah, I have written, I have in my, my notes that are on my screen that they're convenient. Um, you can read while you're on the move, or while you're eating, or using your hands doing something else, and you don't have to worry about accidentally splashing sauce on your lovely physical book, because you can generally just wipe it off your ebook reader. Um, Still not
2: encouraged, like, don't don't spill (laughs) sauce on an electronic device, just saying, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, for those
1: messy eaters like me out there. Um...
0: No, I feel (laughs) you.
1: Uh, we have instant access to books via online bookstores with an e-reader. So it, it could be midnight and you can't sleep and you just want to read a book and you've got no books because you finished all your books and your TBR pile and you go looking for more. Not that anyone here has finished their TBR I, pile.
0: I not no. know what you're talking about at <laughs> all.
1: The... The e-readers with the e-ink screens in particular reduce screen glare. Um, so they actually, in some ways, have a better... What's the word I'm looking for? They don't bother it's, your it's eyes. It's better for eyes. your eyes Yeah, isolated, from an e-reader. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also really easy to hide the title and the cover of the book you're reading for some of those really smutty and embarrassing cover books that you're reading that you don't want people to know you're reading. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Again, well, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about at all. Like, I, I don't know, do either.
2: <laughs> but I definitely read books with embarrassing covers that are that aren't
0: smutty as well. So that's fair. so what smut do you read?
2: Oh, you know, just <laughs> stuff. Uh, you know, I just go to I go to Kip. Kip really just sets me up. He's like, whatever you need, he, he's got me. No, uh, just stuff like if you're at the workplace, they don't know anything about what you're reading. And they're just like, oh, you're reading a book? I'm like, yep. I'm
0: like, okay, totally okay, reading a book. Have a nice book. day.
2: And then they move on i don't have to see whatever it is 50 shades of gray which i don't read but if it was something like that it's okay
0: i i tried i gave it two chapters and i could not do it it was just bad that's off topic (laughs) yeah just a little bit that's what we're here for it's okay like you were saying especially with the ink like those are great to read and you can also just put a tiny touch of backlighting on it if you want so they're much better to read at night also i love the fact and this is what i think because i never thought i would go over to ebooks The fact that you can change the font, you can change Mm -hmm. the letting. There's a lot of mass paperback books. I know this is
2: audio guys, but she's she's showing up a a book with very tiny print. Like we're talking size like eight. Yeah. And the
1: margins are tiny
2: too. And the small margins line spacing is very small. Um, they really tried to cram as much as they could into this one book.
0: Those are just ugly to look at and they're not good for reading. Oh, shoot. I don't have it with me in here. I was gonna, um, oh,
2: listener. Well. She's she's scrambling around for another audio uh, uh, visual, <laughs> not representation. audio
0: friendly book. <laughs> yeah. No, but when you so I got um, World War Z, a okay. physical copy. The lighting is a lot wider and it's a lot friendlier to the eyes. That is just something that, especially with mass paperback books, is not taken into account. So now you can buy a ten dollar book and you can change it to fit your your preferences. You can make it narrow, you can make it wide, you can space out the lines horizontally as well as vertically. And they have special fonts. I don't know if you guys looked at the link I posted, but they have a font Amazon does called open D- open dyslexia. Mm-hmm. And it's specifically designed to help dyslexic people read. And I wonder how much of my mother's experience with books would have been better if she had some resource like that. Cause my mother was dyslexic. And I think that's just a really awesome thing that exists in the world now. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to get rid of all my physical books, but it's a nice thing.
2: I, I agree. I also have a family member. My father is dyslexic, and it's one of those things where he'll never read anyways, but a lot of that is because he had so much trouble reading to begin with as a child yep. that he does not like to read. So that's one of those things he never reads. So it's it's something that's going to be helpful for the future generation starting probably, I don't know, maybe five, ten years ago.
0: Audiobooks. Guys, what do we like about audiobooks?
1: You can listen while you're doing things again. So. You can listen while you're driving. You can listen while you're exercising, or you can be doing housework or gardening, playing games. The convenience of being able to listen whilst you're doing things, and you get to so- you get to listen to someone reading you a story.
0: It's like mom, mom reads <laughs> me to sleep every night. <laughs> Except that sometimes mom is Tim Curry, which is weird. <laughs> well, to
2: some people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, she's got a good point. Um, I think. The audio format of a story is really interesting. It, it it feels I want to say old school, as in like thousands of years ago, kind of old. Where I picture like as a kid, Arabian Nights, and I don't remember if it was like a movie I watched or a TV show where I, I just there was this storyteller who was really revered in the show, and he would tell his stories aloud. There was no writing. He would gather all the the kids and street urchins anybody that walked by and he would tell a story, and it feels kind of like that sometimes, which is nice.
1: You also get some authors reading their own works or some high profile people narrating the books, which is also fun. Oh
0: man, Neil yes. Gaiman, his own yes. work.
2: I was <laughs> going to say Neil Gaiman. He is, he's probably my favorite audiobook uh, narrator,
0: I think. He's not my favorite. My favorite is, uh, Grover Gardner. Although listening to the stand with this super like soft, what's it called? The thing, the buzzing and the voice and the sound. Do you know what it's like? What? Oh, um. With the audio descriptive one or um... EMRS? Oh, geez, I'm gonna have to cut this because now Let's... I can't remember what it is. Go. but like the painter dude from NPR, Bob Ross. Wait, yeah. wait, no, I was not thinking. Of, uh, you said it. No, 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 Bob Ross. Yeah, so oh, like the okay. way is the way he uses his voice and kind of yeah, he does the thing with his voice and it's kind of a little gravelly. Oh, you mean ASMR j- Thank you. That's what you were
2: okay. <laughs> so, going for. Okay.
0: Yeah, AS, ASMR. He does that, which is perfect for going to bed. But he also does the twenty or the tenth anniversary of the Stand, twentieth anniversary of the Stand. It's a little mm. weird listening to Stephen King with this super quiet. Yeah, you know, I can um, read at work. That's how I plow through Bingo. It's because I was reading all my books at work. It's, it's very great. efficient. It is. It is. But it's easier to let your mind wander while you're listening, and so I find definitely. myself. Yeah, skipping back. In fact, uh, The Uplift Wars, I'm actually going to be reading it physically for the second half because I've had to skip back so many times. I've
1: been listening while I drive and it's very hard to skip back because I don't have controls to skip back on my car. So sometimes I I find my mind wandering and then I come, oh, well, where are we up to in the book? And I'm like, oh, it's gone now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I doze doze off sometimes while something is really important. (laughs) Happens and I wake up and I'm like, I have no idea where I am in this book. What is happening right now?
2: So, what makes you guys want to keep doing audiobooks? Because that's why I primarily don't use audiobooks because my mind waters so much that I find like for any time it's a first read,
0: I always try to do an ebook or a physical. Well, for me, I mean, I have a job where it's very easy for me to stop and skip back if I want to. Okay. Um, is it, does the, the book I have
2: well- to be? really captivating or as if it's not that captivating is it something that doesn't bother
0: you as much to just go back i think it has more to do with i just i i just really enjoy it and i like somebody i like having a voice in the back of my brain talking while i'm doing something else does that make sense i don't even know yeah, if that makes no th- sense. that's fair <laughs> i was just
2: curious because i know i i'm one of the few that doesn't really go into audiobook too much unless i'm doing something completely mindless like i, like I know i'm gonna paint a room Or paint a wall or something, then I know I have many hours to spare that I could totally listen to and concentrate.
0: Well, and see, I I count money and fill in spreadsheets for a living. That's what I do. Mm. That doesn't occupy the same spot in my brain as the book. And Stephanie and I were, or Stephanie was talking about this on the on our interview with her and Megan. And she sews for a living, so it's like not Mm -hmm. something. It's a different spot in, in my brain anyway. Right. I mean, if I was, when I, I have to stop my books to write an email, for example. Sure.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, mm. I listen to audiobooks mostly because I actually, I have only just started listening to audiobooks in about the last 12 months or so. And it's just to, for the commute to work really. Um, I find myself listening to them outside of that because sometimes I need to finish the book before I finish my loan at the library, <laughs> but other than that, it's all yeah. my drive to and from work.
2: The library is a great resource. Definitely. I'm sorry, what? Like, the library is a great resource because I think, I don't think I've ever bought an audiobook.
0: I've only got them from the library. So shout out to Libby. Libby is a great resource if you want to borrow audiobooks and hopefully like, your library yeah, has
1: it. Libby for us is well at least my my libraries don't have as many audiobooks on Libby, but we also get um Borrow Box, which is Belinda Belinda Digital. And they've got an audio side that also does audiobooks. Which I thought was quite interesting listening to a couple of the books that some of the main podcasts covered and they complained about the narrator, where when I was listening to the same book, it had a different narrator and I was really confused about the the accent that the main pod was talking about because <laughs> my narrator had a lovely UK accent. <laughs> I was like this yeah. is lovely to listen to. <laughs> yeah. There are different narrators.
0: You no, know, there have been very few audiobooks I've returned because of the narrator. But there are some really bad narrators and it ruins the book. It absolutely it does. does.
1: I think that there have been some books where I have questioned my enjoyment of the book as to whether or not it was because of the narrator, or whether it was the book itself. And I've gone, I don't know, because I've only read this book via audiobook, so I don't know whether the way the narrator read it just really turned me off the book, or whether it was actually the way that it was written.
0: Oh, The Count of Monte Cristo. The first version of it I got was so bad. Uh. like I literally could only listen to a chapter of it. And I have read the book physically and on ebook, and I was just like, no. I can't do this. Dude, you suck. (laughs) That's all right. Now, in preparation to
2: this, I read a few of my favorite books, just like the samples of the audiobooks, if I'd never read them before or listened to them. Like Red Rising. I'd even tried that before. I've read the books a bunch of times, and I like them. I I love them. But I never thought of them with UK or British accents for the, the goals. So as soon as he got to that part, I shut it off. I was like, I can't do it. It's, it's way too different than my mind. It's throwing me way off. So I shut off the book. It's not that he was bad. It was just not to my taste.
1: I tried listening to a book that I read, and it was just the smallest part was the way that the narrator said the protagonist's name was different to how I had imagined it in my head. And <laughs> the way that he says it is probably correct, and the way that I imagine it was probably incorrect. But just yeah. listening to him say it over and over and over again, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't do it
2: that's totally fair if you've done it so much and your own headcanon is now that when somebody does something else you're like no you just sound ridiculous i can't listen to you it doesn't matter who's right or who's wrong
0: say the word d u or sorry D-O-U-R. D-O-U-R? dower how do you say it really I listened to an entire audiobook where he said doer and it made me insane every time he said it,
2: <laughs> and was this a name, or was this a uh, just a word? Dour? It was the
0: word dower.
2: Okay. yeah, I didn't know if like this was a name, and maybe it was no. like that's just that was his take on but uh, he said the it like
0: the liquor brand doer d e w e r and it made yeah. me crazy every single time, yeah. I mean, I'll shout out to uh, Kevin
2: Hearn, who did the uh, Iron Druid Chronicles. When you start his book, the first thing you get even before you even get to the actual story is a guide on pronunciation because he used a lot of Irish Irish folklore and their pronunciations Mm -hmm. and things like that. And the first thing he says is you read however you want to read. This is how I pronounce it. And he gives you that guide and how to do it in your head if you'd like to and say it out loud. But he's like, it's okay. Like nobody's going to mess with you if you say things however you want, because it's okay. It's totally fine. And right. that's something I took to heart many years ago when I first read that. All yeah, right. I've got an author who
1: has a pronunciation guide in her book. Well, in I think it's in a book about book four of a five book series, and she has said in multiple um, events and things that she this is how she would pronounce her characters' books. But if you want to pronounce it differently, then then yeah, go for it.
2: I always give props to an author like that. It's pretty cool.
1: Like I think some authors try and make their characters' names pronounceable, especially when they've made up. But there are some out there that are a little bit questionable.
2: Yeah, with like and two in apostrophes th- in their names <laughs> and like a couple X's and some Z's and stuff. I know like that's a oh little bit Oh my god, crazy. you should
0: read Uplift. <laughs> <Where sighs> like literally numbers in people's names. We'll see. We'll see. I'll listen to the pro No, it's, it's very good. I got my kids who aren't readers to read. So there's that. Oh. Um. So What are, this is gonna start getting a little complicated. What are some books that you've read across several different mediums? And I just want us to compare how we feel about those things. I want to start with Illuminae, which is a fascinating book in the sense that it's epistolary and that memos, maps, weird things like, I know you guys can't, this is an audio format, sorry guys. (laughs) Like this, where Aiden's talking and it's like a black page. And the words are all swirling around on the page. Yes. And then the ebook is a PDF.
2: So to explain to the listeners, uh, the physical version of Illuminae is a graphical design masterpiece of Mm -hmm. an artwork. It's actually art that's on the pages. You're reading words, but a lot of the words depict like web pages or something that you would see, like if you personally were scrolling Wikipedia or something similar to that in that world. And in that universe, you have diagrams, you have countdown timers, you have all kinds of cool sci fi elements. And the issue with having that in ebook and have it so beautifully done and, and physical is that the scale is so awful and terrible. It's as if you like took a picture with your phone of this masterpiece and we're like, hey, look at this and you're like, cool. Um, this should be like two pages because you're at one of those things. Like if you're reading manga or, or comic books, they're like, "Oh, this is a two-piece section. Like this is two pages. You should not be looking at this half of a page. That's not how this this ebook works, and it's it's awful. It is so awful.
0: It's like everything that's good about ebooks is taken out of the ebook form. Yeah, of this on book. this
2: one specific book. Right. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I did actually look at this book on my iPad because my iPad is my my primary e-reader. I don't have a Kindle or a Kobo or any of the other e-readers and they, they do actually allow you to change the font size and it, it works relatively well, but I only looked at a sample of the page, so I didn't get to all the, the swirly text sections. Um, it works a little bit better because I think the technology of the iPad allows you to adjust things a little bit better, but I still agree. It took away the excitement of the format that the physical book is written in.
0: Let's talk about the audiobook solution. Did you get to listen to any parts of it? I did listen to a sample of it. Um,
2: it did not get into the crazy stuff because I know it's not just an audiobook. It's what they would call what a descriptive audiobook where, for example, if there's a space battle happening, you would actually hear actually which doesn't actually count because in space you wouldn't actually hear anything anyways, but you hear um <laughs> oh, don't, you don't know, start with that. <laughs> I know, I know. We won't go there. That's not what this, this podcast is about. We'll save that for another podcast. Uh, But like, you know, horses, their hooves beating or something if if someone's riding a horse while they're talking. um, That's what I've heard. I didn't get that far in the sample because it doesn't go into that stuff. But I did, you know, read the book in both formats of uh, audio, I'm sorry, ebook and physical, and then I've listened to the sample and I do think it's it's pretty good.
1: Uh, I like that each of the different sections of the book had a different narrator. So they had narrators for the different main characters. They had a separate narrator for reading out the little uh, briefing notes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. They had a different narrator for the guy who is apparently everyone's favorite, the, um, the guy who's writing the description of the oh, security yeah. cam- camera footage. Who had and, a very funny Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I think I really like when audio books have different narrators for different character point of views. So I think that worked really well.
0: And it has amazing, you didn't get this far solution, but like they talk about a piece of music and the piece of music is playing in the background as they're talking about it. So Aiden starts up, I'm trying to remember what the particular what piece the is. but you
1: know. concerto in G or something like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they have it playing in the background as the zombies are. We'll spoiler that. We'll go I like that. That way there's some, nice, <laughs> there's some nice, there's nice audio <laughs> there spike, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Right. <laughs> we'll 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 edit that out. We can cut it out. But the point is, is that like as they're talking about how Aiden's playing this piece of music while certain actions are happening, that is actually playing in the background as Aiden's narrating what's going on, and it's it's radio drama. So it's actually a very old, old right. I'm thinking like
2: War of the Worlds by uh, H.G. Is it H.G. Wells. Something like that. Um, I know they they originally started as something like that where it's. It was broadcast over the radio, and that was their story. And it was translated to as a written word later.
0: Yeah, and so that's something that I think is really cool about audiobooks, is it's bringing back an old art form and kind of revitalizing it. Although there have been some audiobooks that have not been updated since things like Audible, and it will yeah. actually say, change to the next disc. Yeah. Or change. Oh, yeah.
1: The- right? I- I'm listening to... <laughs> Uh, I think I'm, I'm listening to book three of the Dresden Files at the moment. And every so often it's just like, please insert the next CD.
2: <laughs> or please flip the tape to the other <laughs> side. I didn't know tapes were still even in existence.
0: The book Crazy. continues on side B. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh my God. I've just shown what a standout book that I really like as far as both audio and physical. What are some standouts for you guys for any particular medium.
1: I mean, I, like, I'm currently listening to The Dresden Files on ebook, and I actually started reading this series oh, years ago in physical form, and it didn't really grab me, and so I never continued the series. And then I picked up the audiobook, and it's got James Masters as the narrator, who does an excellent Very job. The audio quality of the first few books is not fantastic, partly because I don't think they've remastered it since it was originally recorded. Uh, It does involve quite a lot of what I would refer to as heavy breathing. There's a lot of inhalations and exhalation. And (laughs) um, you can tell that James Masters is taking breaths while he's reading. And some of it works really well um, in some of the sections and, you know, it's actually described as Harry Dresden breathing deeply in... Um, right inhaling and gasping Mm -hmm. or whatever but there are the odd odd few bits where he it's it's just clearly he's taking a breath so that he can continue reading Mm -hmm. and that was a little bit annoying but when you think when I when I think back to the way that it's read and the fact that we do get a little bit of this this breathing part of it it actually makes the audiobook seem a little bit more authentic like it sounds like Harry Dresden is actually sitting at one of his dusty desks and reading the book to you (laughs)
2: Yeah, like when he describes the action scenes, because I have uh, listened and read Dresden Files, not all of the books, but I've, I've listened to I'd say half of them. When he does the the action scenes, and you you hear him like he's breathing fast, and he's breathing in, and he's and he's talking really fast. It's it's kind of cool. Like I really think it does feel authentic. Like you said, like Harry might actually be telling us this story.
0: Yeah, I feel like with action scenes and general i do better with audio because i feel like you start when you're reading you start skipping over words during an action scene because you want to see what's going to happen that makes sense I think and some so, people
2: do that some people don't like i used to not do that at all and i found myself doing that recently in the past like year or two and i kind of know what you mean
0: so a book that i've not completely finished in physical format is Brightness Reef. I listened to it. So the audiobook does an okay job with the fact that the dolphins speak in haiku. And this is not a spoiler. So. What? The do- you said the dolphins, right? <laughs> just, to cl- the dolphins just to clarify. Okay. In haiku. All right. Continue. Dolphins that's, speak fine. In haiku. that's like a thing they do. And on the ebook, that formatting is stripped away. So you don't see it. Mm-hmm. But it, it, the audiobook, you can tell that they're. It's different. It's set aside. The physical book has it centered in, in italics and quotes right. for each haiku. It does a beautiful little thing visually that you don't get from an audiobook or from the Kindle version of it. There are just certain things that you can only do in print. And it's just it's the true. way it is. It's an and, experience you're going
2: you're gonna to miss on being on right, audio. Exactly.
0: And I only know about it because Arrow was sending me pictures of the physical text. Well, I have the physical copy now, but... I didn't when we reviewed Star Tide Rising and I just think that I don't think that there's one one right way to read a book or experience a story so that's just like another example of things that are different
1: I listened to the first three books in a series that ones that have been published that were reviewed by our friend um, Drew from inking out loud Mm -hmm. and he absolutely ripped into this book
2: <laughs> Let me guess. Can I guess it was Ruin a King? <laughs> yep. Yes. He convinced me not to read that book, even though I got we're, it for free. We're
1: That's right.
0: Forever. That's
2: sorry about that.
1: <laughs> oh, no, it's fine.
0: It's
2: totally fine.
1: I really enjoyed this book, and I listened. But I listened to it as an as an audiobook. and I, I'm not by any means a um, person who delves deeply into literary structure or um, analysis so I probably read from a different point of view to how Drew reads. What I really liked about the audiobook was the fact that they use different narrators for the for the two different points of view that the book was going through actually no they had three different narrators but the way that the book is set out is it's actually it's used I can't remember the the word where they use storytelling within the book as a way to tell the story. <laughs> so, oh, kind
2: of like the epistolary, almost. Kind,
1: kind of like that. Where So there's these two characters, in Ruin of Kings at least, there's they've got a narrator, like an, a third narrator, but then they go into these sections of the books where two of the characters are essentially having a conversation with each other and one of them goes, oh, I've got this this stone that is going to record everything that we say. And so they take it in turns to tell the story to the stone. And so it's okay. like they're <laughs> narrating the story <laughs> from events that happened in the past. Okay. Like, I thought that it was a really cool way to tell that story. Um, and I thought that it worked on the audiobook. Um, I did pick up a physical book and have a flick through it. And, I, I mean, it's just written like a normal story. So um, I just thought that the audiobook made that. Work really well. Have you
0: had an mm-hmm. experience like that, Soul? Ah,
2: uh, let's see. You're, well, well s-
0: switching from one format to another and been like, eh.
2: well, I, I mentioned Red Rising. That one threw me for a loop. I I have a very weird relationship with Neil Gaiman, not personally because I don't know him uh, with his <laughs> with his I works. Like with somebody
0: who does know him, but okay. Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, he actually seems like a very cool guy. It's mostly that I don't always connect with his works, and then. When I listen to him narrate, I like the way he narrates his works. And I find that if I listen to an audiobook of his, I like it more than when I just read his books most of the time. I'm still very hit and miss on all of his work. Um, I actually like, I prefer Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in audiobook format. They're still good in physical and ebook form. But something about the, the British humor just goes so well when it's being spoken. That I really enjoy that. I'd recommend it. It is narrated by Stephen Fry. Get that version. Oh, nice. Yes. Very good. He does
0: an excellent job with um, Sherlock Holmes. Yes. I think the other most... I got all caught up on Neil Gaiman, and I was thinking about him. So <laughs> I've read American Gods all three ways, and it is mm-hmm. fabulous. To me, every single way you read it, he doesn't actually narrate. American gods, if I remember correctly, but, um, but there's something that there are some stories that translate really well across the three different ways, three different medium media. And there are some stories that just work really well in one format or another. That's why I'm excited that we have all these options, guys. We have so many options.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Everybody can like whichever option they want. There's no best medium. It's whatever's the most personal and easiest of use for everybody. Some people may want a cheaper option, or some people want a more immersive option. That's the best part of having multiple ones. It's good.
0: The nice thing about living in living in the city with pals is I can find almost every book used for super cheap. Mm. If I yeah, went. I can. Yeah, I'll I'll mail you a book. I think we're starting to wind down a little bit. What is your favorite medium for consuming a book? Just everyday use, not.
2: Uh, I think I mentioned earlier. It's mostly just ebook. I I like that I can get it from the library. Most of the books I want, and if not, it's because I'm supporting. Self published authors that aren't in my library. Anything major I can usually get. And then if I decide I want to buy one and I just zoom through a series, that's, that's totally okay too. And I like the ease of use. That's the most important thing. What about you guys?
1: I really like physical books. But having said that, I think I currently go through audiobooks faster just because you play an audiobook and it just keeps going. Uh, whereas it's much easier to get distracted when you're having to read the book yourself. I think from a convenience factor I tend to pick up ebooks more than I pick up my physical books but I prefer the physical books because I remember that I've got them so if there's a book that I'm reading that I want to remember that I've read I will try and get a physical copy of it and I've often found that there are some books where I've started an ebook version of it and then just gone I'm not in the right mindset for this because I think where where I use ebook is just for that convenience I need something to just I don't want to think about it. I don't want to have to think about it. It's just something there that I want to get taken away to another world and not have to think about anything else that's going on around me and think about what the narrator is actually trying to tell me. Um, so a book like, for instance, trying to start the Malazan series, for instance, I wouldn't read that on an ebook because having a physical book in front of me makes me concentrate more on it, which I find really weird. But anyway. Um, I often tend to forget that I've actually got copies of books as an ebook, and people <laughs> sometimes forget that I've read those books. And I like, go, oh, I actually did read that book, but it was a while ago and on an ebook, and I don't remember anything about the book that I read. So I definitely prefer physical copies of books because it reminds me that I've actually read it, and I can flick through it and go, oh yeah, that's what happened in this book. Whereas I find that a lot more tricky to do with an ebook.
2: I think you're crazy, and I'll tell you why. I prefer to forget, because I forget books all the time. If I've read a book more than a year ago, I forget, I'd say 80% of the details, and it makes rereading a book that you know is good, because you've already read it, really fun. Because I've done stuff where I'm like, oh, oh, here's when the trick happens, and they, they switch it up on you. I'm like, nope, I must have been thinking about the trick so hard that that was in my mind, and it actually tricked me again. So I really
1: enjoy that. I, I have a fairly good memory from, I think most people have said, I've got a very good memory for random details and things. So I tend to remember books and I, I've got three out of five of the way, books of the way through the Lightbringer series. And I can still pretty much remember what happened in those. And I think the last one I read maybe about a year ago.
0: You're kind of bragging, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little <laughs> humble bragging going on. It's okay. I will fully admit I'm in solutions situation i read 80 plus books a year so i forget a lot but i always like going back and
2: That's reading those part. books
0: yeah, yeah. no it it's totally not is. bad it's not
2: bad at all i used to be like oh man i forgot stuff i'm like wait i can experience this again and i already know i liked it because i liked the person oh, yep
0: i most I, reason why i read any book i review twice so. I, I
1: remember <laughs> watching cartoons um and my brother would go, Oh, it's this cartoon. And I'm like, yeah, we just watched that like yesterday. And he's just like, but I get to watch it again. And I'm like,
2: He's so excited. You know,
1: the, the excitement, <gasps> like the fun is gone. Cause I know what's going to happen. He's just like, I forgotten what happened. <laughs> it was yesterday. I, I disagree okay. with you. I
0: mean, you're okay to feel that way. I disagree <laughs> with you. Especially when you're reading someone like Brandon Sanderson or a couple authors, Bejold. The second time through, you get to see how the trick works. And that's a really cool thing. You know what I mean? Like the first time you're like, oh, they the surprise time, like, you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. and the What second... I like about that, that sort of thing is that often if there's like a little twist or a surprise, I'll flick back and go, was it foreshadowed anywhere in that I can think of?
2: Oh, you would flick back the it? first time as soon as it yeah, happens? I would
1: flick back. Yeah. Oh, really?
0: Oh. I saved that for the
2: reread because I'm like, all right, next time I read this, I think, i got to go back and be like, what did they do Right. so I can catch it? Because a few times I'll be like, oh, I remember this happened, but not too many things. No,
1: I flick back straight away. That's why I like physical books. (laughs) Because I can flick back really easily. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so uh, I actually have almost completely converted over to audio. I think I've read four books with my actual eyeballs in the last year, and I'm still stuck on one book. I haven't finished it because I have to read it with my eyeballs. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. everybody else on the buddy read is done with the book, and I'm halfway through.
2: <laughs> sure. They knew what they were getting into. You do a lot of projects like uh,
1: well, yeah, this that's podcast. Part of it
2: yeah.
0: So any closing thoughts that you want to share with the folks before we say goodbye?
2: Oh, you didn't do the Desert Island question.
0: Oh, I didn't. Through. So we should do that.
2: Only because I, I actually picked out what I wanted. I
0: was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I got to scroll up and look at it. I remember it vaguely. The Desert Island question is, I'm guessing... If you could only have one format of book, what would you take? So I'll go first.
2: Uh, okay. my format of book would be ebook because hopefully here's what I would do is I'd go to the library and maybe I'd even just like maybe try and get a second library account or something. I just like download all as many ebooks as I can. Remember i like give you like a 20 limit, and I would just download them all and then I'd turn the Wi-Fi off because there's gonna be no Wi-Fi when I get to the island. And that's and we're gonna, gonna assume
0: doing. that you can charge your ebook, by the way,
2: while you're on the island. Ooh. That's even better. I was going to put it with no no backlighting, and I would just be holding it up to the sun the whole time with the smallest print so I can get as much done as
0: possible. That's what I was going to do. What about I was you guys? About
1: to say, I was about to say, is are we able to charge our e-readers?
0: We're going to assume that we can charge our e-readers. It's okay. kind of a cheat, but yeah. that's okay.
1: I would, I, I mean, if it was a desert island, I would go ebook only because having to lug around physical books while you're on a desert island is a little hard.
2: Well, the first thing you should do is make a home when you're on the island, because you're (laughs) going to be there. So, you could make a bookshelf. I mean, I'd make a bed and other things first, but you could make a bookshelf.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've just filled up my bookshelf here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't want to move again. I think that's what she's saying. (laughs) What about you, Ray? What would you do?
0: I'm going to take audiobook because I can listen while I'm building my hut and foraging for food
2: (laughs) that's that's productive actually that's pretty good i didn't think about that yeah i'd be doing nothing if i was actually reading yeah that's a good point (laughs) well i'd probably die if i got on the desert island by myself anyway so that's that's totally fine
0: no it's uh, i remember when walking dead was a thing big and i I was reading the comic books and one of my i think it was number two son he picked it up and he's got himself super freaked out reading it okay he said mom what would you do if there was a zombie apocalypse? And I was like, honey, I would die. That's what would happen.
2: We would all die. You just sound like, listen, son, we'd all be dead. <laughs> None of us are going to make it.
0: And not only that, I don't know that I want to survive the apocalypse. Like, maybe I'd rather just not be around.
2: You see how this world is? We don't want to be there. We just want to die. Trust me, kid. And you just take him by the hand and you walk them around. And you're like, see that? That's probably where we're going to die right there. And you point outside. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I I find a lot of, a lot of off topic, a lot of authors when they've been asked that question about, you know, what would you, who would you be in the Hunger Games, for instance? And they'd be like, I'd Mm -hmm. be the person that died straight away.
2: Yeah. A lot of us have totally irrelevant (laughs) skills for any of that
0: stuff.
2: (laughs) I mean, we're not irrelevant. We have skills, just, just not, you know, usually combat skills.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the zombies don't care about the fact that, that I can use Excel spreadsheets. Like I don't think that's a thing that they care about. Well, you could yell it at him as you die, and they'll know. <laughs> yes, exactly. They'll take it with them. You won't be able to keep track of your numbers. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's okay. You got skills,
0: just not the right ones. Nope. No, I do not. So, anything else, guys?
1: The only other thing that I think I might have mentioned: how physical copies have nice covers most of the time. Yes, but collector's editions. Of books, collectors editions are pretty. Yes, they I'm are. just going to leave it that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'll plug uh, Brandon Sanderson. The nice leather-bound <laughs> copy, like I didn't spring for that, but I was close. There's some very cool uh, books out there that are just like collectors editions or or leather bounds, really nice artwork. Uh, Red Rising has uh, some new artwork that's been going out, and some other stuff, really nice. So if you're into art and also reading at the same time, there's a lot of cool options for people.
0: Something that I've I've meant to say about five times, so I'm going to try and remember to say it. I own Warbreaker on ebook. Mm-hmm. I bought it before the annotated version came out. My version is now annotated. And that's really creepy. Yeah, it just updated it. It updated it. Okay. Yeah. And so one thing I will say for physical books is they don't randomly change on you. That's <laughs> true. Not, you're not going to open it and find out all of a sudden that you have all the annotations from the author. And I wonder how that affects somebody's first, because I talked my friend into reading it. And he's like, "It's annotated," because he bought an ebook version of it, and I'm like, "Right, that's weird. Mine's not." I went back and looked at it, and it was all of a sudden. So, well, how does that affect new readers? On a book it, can, it can help
2: with uh, like spelling, like a lot of errors or just stuff like that. Like I know some stuff, like oh, it's right. like this was misspelled. And I come back a year or two later, I'm like, oh, good. They fixed a lot of spelling mistakes or other grammatical errors. Um, but so But so many like,
1: mistakes in eBooks. Yeah. I read through eBooks and find so many mistakes that I'm like, did oh, this yeah. even go through any sort of editing process?
0: Probably not. Probably was You've, probably just- them. You find them in regular books too, but I'm just yeah. saying it's kind of, it's, it's kind of creepy when my not annotated book is now-
1: Is, is there an- any way annotated. to turn that annotation off?
0: you just don't have to click on it you can just skip past it it's like a like Like a a, footnotes yeah like a foot a footnotes thing but it's still it's just like it's a weird thing that is a little creepy like the time where 1984 got removed from everybody's kindle which i I don't know if you remember that was like i don't know 10 years ago everyone who had bought 1984 suddenly didn't have 1984 on their
2: kindle anymore no i i haven't read it yet so it's on the mountain I'll get there eventually.
0: You and Chesky in your mountains.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, he reads a lot, a lot faster than I do. So his mountain is quite high.
1: And he also likes to add all of the random books that I add that no one else has read. He will, he
2: will read anything. He really will. (laughs) He will give anything a chance. It's okay. It's a cool thing. One of those things, it's okay. Everybody has different tastes.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. Let us know how you enjoy your books. You can join the conversation on Reddit or Discord. We are also on Twitter at Green Team Pod. Please consider supporting the Legendarium via Patreon. The music is Galactic Damages by Jingle Pump. Thank you, Craig, for loaning a little corner of your media empire and a shout out to Horizon Brave for starting it all. For Miralice, The Solution, I am Little Red Book. Good night. Bye. Bye.
1: Rushmore just isn't a thing outside of the U.S.
2: <laughs> it will be when we make it a thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but when I say Mount Rushmore, you know what I'm talking about, right?
1: The, I Well, no. Like, I, I pictured a, the side of a mountain that has a bunch of U.S. president faces on it that I have no idea Perfect. who they are. That's all you need. Well, that's, that's, that's all, all I you got. need to know. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. That's, that's, that's all we got is. either, so.
2: <laughs> we just get we just get really hyped about it because it's i don't know it's just a, a big mountain with faces on it we like <laughs> we awesome. like simple things in america who doesn't like a mountain with faces on it like that yeah. <laughs> how many mountains with faces I on mean... do you have Ran- even just random faces it's okay <laughs>